when you ain't VIP, you're just asking like, oh, well, can you do this possible? Is this possible? Like, no, when you're VIP, it's expectation. When you fly first class, it's expectation because they want you to feel as though you are important or that you are first class. So it's a little bit more money, but the experience far transcends the money that you're spending. We talk episode 125. Are we on the air, Tweet sugar? Dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. So Larry June, numbers. So hopefully we have some current tweets this time because, you know, last time we had some old tweets mixed in with some new tweets and that was all thanks to Hype Fury. And I think some good conversation came out of it, but I would like to have some some current stuff. Pretty sure this is all new, man. Welcome, folks. Tweet Talk, the Black Rock Podcast. I am your host, Raphael Husbands, and all my co-hosts will be the third J.D., and we are here on a Sunday afternoon, and we talk about building black wealth, and we break down financial tweets, discuss them. What's going on, Charles? Uh, you know, feeling good. Got a chance to go to a cool show, see Larry June live, see Currency live up close. Um, and then while I was, I also got a chance to see Dom Kennedy. So I wanted to see my favorite independent artists because I relate heavily to independent artists because independent artists are entrepreneurs. They're building their own brand. They're putting their money into their vision. They're creating. They have full autonomy in what they want to put out into the world, which is really cool. And um, yeah, so that was a good experience. And while I was there, I saw some other shows. They were just shows to see. Not really what I wanted to see, but just shows to see. But yeah, we out here. Out here. Doing things in the stock market is stock marketing. People going crazy. But Charles, you had a tweet where you said any reaction in the stock market tends to be an overreaction. I think that is important for people to understand because a lot of times when companies start trading really high, it's a rational exuberance. And then when companies fall really low, it's over pessimism. So the pessimism can be priced in pretty heavily, but that's when you find your opportunities because you want to find a mismatch in the market. You want to find a difference between what the market is really supposed to be at and what it's currently be trading, what it's currently trading at. And so if there's an overreaction, so for example, Amazon got crushed post earnings. I think it dropped about 15%, but that wasn't truly warranted. And a lot of that, if you dig into it, it was because they took a loss on their Rivian position. So they own that electronic car or truck maker and they took like a massive loss. Does that affect their financials? Does that impact the overall health of Amazon? Probably not. Is there still opportunity for that to correct itself upward? More than likely. And so that's where you're looking for an opportunity in the stock market is that mismatch. You're looking for a situation where, okay, the market is going to have 20 articles talking about why that was a bad thing. And they're not going to be looking at the bright side of things a lot of times. And then on the other hand, when you went through COVID and went through the pandemic, People never thought we'd get to where we are currently, where we are currently. If I would have told somebody we're going to go back to normal, people are not going to be masks. Um, restaurants are going to be back open. Airlines are going to be back functioning. They said, no, that's not true. Why? Because they were oversold the fear of the pandemic. And so as an investor, you have to see through all of that. You have to look at what's being talked about and find about find out what truly is going on. And that's true, not just in terms of the stock market. That's true in terms of real estate investing. That's true in terms of buying a business, things like that. And what a lot of people do so they can push the price down so they can get an opportunity is they're going to sell it to you as negative. So that's what wholesalers do a lot of. They're going to walk into your house. They're going to tell you it's terrible. It needs a bunch of work. That work's going to be super expensive. And why? Because they know there's actually an opportunity in the upside. And so you have to, again, see through that. And on the other hand, you're going to be getting sold when you're going to buy that home, that brand new built home. They're going to be selling on the upside. Oh, we're bringing new schools here. We're going to be uh, blah, 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 blah. So they can justify that sales price. As intelligent individuals, as people who can critically think, as people who don't want to be taken advantage of and be a pawn in somebody else's game, we have to look at what's being said and come to our own conclusion. 
That is the win. The win is to come to your own conclusion, because if you don't, you're just going to be whip saying you're just be going with whatever the wind blows, whatever they tell you is what you're going to take. And as a community, we do that a lot. If they tell you that somebody's racist and they hate black folks, oh, my God, he's racist. He hates black folks. Even if you haven't really seen anything to justify that, if you tell somebody, if you tell somebody that this politician is in their best interest and you need to be voting for them because if you don't vote for them, then you ain't black. They're like, oh, well, I got to be black and I got to vote for this person. I got to make sure that I don't be seen as black, not black. And so as a community, we got to be real conscious of the propaganda that's being purported against us. Other people can fall into the propaganda, but we can't fall into the propaganda because continuing to fall into that propaganda is causing us to lose. They tell you that the hood ain't worth nothing and they go and buy the hood up for pennies and they flip it on its head. And now it's it's multi-million dollar condos. And so we have to be able to write our own narrative. We have to be able to determine what is what. And that's really the crux of that post. And that's why I posted it. It has a lot to do. That was just an example of what I've been saying for a long time. That was just somebody finally putting into words what I think. Yeah, man. I saw that Amazon news that it dropped 15%. It's like, wow, that's an opportunity right there. Like, do we really think five years from now that Amazon's going to be gone? No. Amazon is a beast and will be a beast next week, next year, five years from now. So that's crazy. You got to be ready to jump on those kind of things. I would say that that's why you got to, you have to have cash on the sidelines to take advantage of an opportunity like that. Because if you're just holding the stock, now you're just waiting for it to come back to even. But if you had cash on the sidelines, now we're like, okay, well, let me buy some more at this lower position. Let me go ahead and acquire these shares at that point. That's the opportunity. The opportunity is taking advantage of the mismatch, not just noticing that the mismatch is there. All right. Gotta go in, man. And you had a tweet, Charles. We said jobs will have you thinking small things are big things. Another old tweet, but it was more relevant when I was actually working a job and I realized like people will give you a 50 cent raise. Or people who give you like uh, a vacation. And I'm like, man, that's whack. Like, is it really a vacation if somebody gives it to you? Is that a vacation? I don't know if that's a vacation. That might be a break. <laughs> that's just an extended break. And they got to give folks breaks. Like those are mandatory and those are mandated. But I was watching an old podcast and I realized that I used to be hungrier. Like now I'm grinding. I'm happy. But like, I feel like I used to have a different kind of spark in me when I was talking and that, those old podcasts hit a little bit different. And so that was one thing that I wanted to say. But a lot of that stuff isn't even relevant to me now. So it's really tough to have a job mindset when you haven't had a job for two, maybe over two years. And so I don't even see the small stuff anymore. I don't even see somebody celebrating the the small things. I was on Snapchat and there's this lady who worked for this doctor's office for like 20 years. And I think they gave her like $20,000. And everyone's like, oh yeah, that's how you should be celebrating your employees. Meanwhile, a doctor make $20,000 a week. The people that she works for makes $20,000 a week. And you're over here celebrating that they gave you $20,000 after 20 years. Again, they're going to celebrate the small things and they're going to make something like this big thing. And you as an employee, you're going to think that it's big things. And unfortunately, as I'm experiencing these things, I'm starting to notice that like, what even seems like a small thing to an entrepreneur seems like a big thing to an employee. So paying $400 for a ticket to go somewhere seems like a lot when you barely getting by. And so I have to like really circle back. It's like, man, like VIP just makes too much sense or paying the extra hundred bucks to, to do this makes too much sense. Or paying the extra 50 bucks to park makes too much sense. But if you're an employee and you're making a fraction of that per hour, your mindset is just completely different. If you're making 30, 40 bucks an hour, 30, 40 bucks seems like a lot of money because it's tied to an hour of your life, which is actually priceless. And so I would just say that that's one thing that I've looked at and that's one thing that I've been noticing. But again, it's really tough to even have that conversation these days because I don't live that life. I can't relate to my old tweets. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if this is an old one, but now you're not a job anymore. You, you had a tweet where you said one of the best parts about being a boss is you get to grow people. That was definitely an old tweet, but there's good and bads to grow on people. I like helping folks. I don't like people who are selfish with their growth. I don't like people who I grow and then they go off and they do their own thing. And then I just have the benefit of saying, like, I helped them rise. Like, I don't I don't think that's the way it should go. What the way it should go is like Dame Dash always talks about Dame Dash specializes in growing people, 
helping people get to those levels. The people that he has the most respect for are the people like Kanye, who as he's grown, he's always maintained a relationship with Dame. He's always put Dame on. He's always made sure that Dame was good. I don't see that with a lot of people. With a lot of people, they come to you in, in selfishness, but I don't give to you in selfishness. I'm giving to people out of selflessness. So if you return my selflessness with selfishness, that's like a slap in the face. And I think that we as a community have to understand that we are better when we are dope together. But too many of us want to be dope on our own. We want to be the only dude winning, the only dude shining, the only dude that got it. And that's whack. I've never been that person. Anybody who knows me knows that as I've risen, I have given. And as I continue to rise, I'm going to continue to give. We were out in um, Atlanta for Andre's birthday. And I went to the Gucci store and I got him a Gucci tie. It was a very fly Gucci tie. It didn't make the internet streets because it had to be a surprise, but it was very nice. It was like a $300 tie, maybe $200 tie, like probably like $200 tie. But like, I'm not over here who's like accomplished things. And it's like, this is me. This is just my success. But a lot of people who had it, they don't treat it like that. And it sucks. But like, even my dad, like my dad, he's moving and he wants to go to another place, wants to buy a new house, right? My dad sends me a text. He's like, hey, I'm moving. I could use some help getting this new house. Do you know what my dad would have told me if I asked him to get help me get my house? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So when he had it, I had to go grind. Now that I got it, I got to come back and help everybody. And I've helped people multiple ways. I put an AC in my grandma's house. That cost like eight grand. I, I paid for a part of the funeral. I paid like $2,500 for that. But it's interesting because I couldn't get what I give. And so, yes, the thing is, like, I want to grow people and I'm continuing to grow people, but I'm more intelligent on how I grow people now. I make sure they have the expectation that I'm doing this so that we can win together, not so that you can just be the shit. Because I've just seen it, man. I was thinking about that today. I was like, man, people always talk about how my account has grown by getting help from somebody, but they don't know I helped that person. He helped me because I helped him. And so then people start getting to another level and they're like, oh, I'm just I'm an individual. I do my own thing. And we have to understand that there's bigger things out there. I was reading an article about a family, an Indian family, who started out buying hotels, and now they control the market for hotels and motels. We're the kind of people that get one motel and be like, I'm big shit. I got one motel. We ain't even thinking about controlling the industry. We're just like, mm-hmm. I got one motel. I make six figures. I drive a Benz and I got a Rolex. And that's it. When there's so many bigger things out there and they didn't get there with one strong person, they got there with everybody contributing. So the growth doesn't stop. The opportunity doesn't stop. And just because you get a little bit doesn't mean that it's time to throw a party and celebrate. It doesn't mean that you've made it. And that's all I'm saying. I like to talk. Somebody's asking about what book. Anyway, it wasn't a book. It was was an article. And that article actually is on my Instagram page. just like the second post back. So go check that out. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What's up, man? And you last our last episode, you were talking about that how we need to be concentrated on net worth place and also chain mentality. Like instead of thinking we made it with one location, you gotta think about other locations, man. Scaling up. And it's hard to do it's hard to scale up by yourself. Nobody scales up by themselves. You gotta stay down. You gotta stay down. You gotta stay down. This is for the long game. We're trying to get untouchable money. Not just I got a little bit of money. I got a little bit of money is easy. It's easy to get a little bit of money. <laughs> it's difficult to control the space. But when you control the space, you have power. When you control the t- space, you set the terms. When you control the space. Do you think that them owning all the motels only impacts that industry? No. They literally dictate policy in that city. They dictate politicians in that city. They dictate the police in that city. They dictate all these different things because they control it. And they if also you, if, if one person has a hotel. And then every all the other hotels are owned by another community. You're still getting a seat at their table. You got to control something and entire sector, entire space. Right. They also control like immigration policy. Like if them and all the people control the, the, the sector, that means you have control over the, the tax income for that city, for that region. And when they talk about immigration laws for their people, it's like uh, 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 not so fast, buddy. You're right. Because they also writing that big check, too. Right. When you control, you got more than enough money. You got more than enough money. You can afford to throw a hundred grand at a politician. We don't even own politicians. We don't even rent politicians. We just help them. 
we help them get in office and they don't owe a shit. You put money up, they become indebted to you. They become indebted to you because the person who pays the piper picks the tune. The person who just votes for the piper, they just get pandered to. They get words. You give words, you get words. You give votes, you just get words. You get good sayings. You get maybe something that looks like looks like progress, but isn't actually progress. No, the people that put money up want an actual return on their money. They want their money back plus more. If you pay a politician 200 grand, it's not because you just want it. You're a good person. You do it because you want a return on your investment. Right. And we um, we come in with no checks, no cash, just demands, but no way to make them come through. Or to 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 let them know, because another part of providing the funding is letting them know that you could pull that funding back. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you're expecting me to continue to contribute to the Democratic Party. So if you want this next check, you have to do something to get this next check. Right. Because as it is right now, the only thing we can say is we won't vote for you next time. But they know that's a lie. Cause they they got you. Is, and they also make up stuff to, to, to do it anyway. It's like they know they got you for the last 50 years. They're going to have you for the next 50 years until you show that you're serious with your pocketbook. Now, let's get into this. This episode's um, segment of Black Billionaire Banter. And this episode, let's just talk about Kevin Hart. Fairly recent news. Apparently, Kevin Hart um, sold a piece of his a minority stake in his company for a hundred million dollars. Values the company at six hundred and fifty million dollars. I believe um, they said that's what fifteen percent. He still gets control the majority of the company, and that's how you do it. That's boss moves right there. It's boss moves because he gets the cash and the increase in value. Did you hear about that one? I did see it. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa. It's big checks and it keeps control. That's the kind of thing we need to be doing. And I think he actually hires black people too in, in the spots. But, but anyway, so you said you were talking about it before, but I noticed you had a tweet where you were talking about always go at VIP. Why were you saying that? Man, where did I go? So I don't want to talk about this experience yet because I know I did this another time. When did I do this recently? Um, I know that every every conference that I've gone to, I've typically upgraded to VIP or to the highest level. Or I mean, circle of CEOs, I messed up because I upgraded to VIP, but I didn't upgrade upgrade to like their highest level. And I realized how much I missed out on, right? So mm-hmm. the the highest level that they had, there wasn't that much more money in the grand scheme of things, but I would have got a, a chance to go to lunch with the speakers every single day of the event. It was a two-day event. They had lunch twice. I think it was a two-day event. I would have got a chance to actually be in the room, connect, network, take pictures, um, do all that stuff and deepen the relationship with the speakers, but not just the speakers, the people that were there too, because the people that were at that next level up were next level thinkers. The game that I got from a dude just while standing in line was worth the price of admission. The game, I'm sitting there next to the million dollar barber. He's on Instagram and he's just, I didn't even know who he was, but we're just sitting there chopping it up. And um, he's just telling me like, you got to do boom, 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 boom. I could have made that money back just off of that conversation. So, and that's just one person that was there. Imagine all the other people who are going to be there. Everybody was at that conference. Everybody was going to the lunch. They had a, a pre-event where I want to say like that Friday before they had an event that you could have gone to if you purchased it where Eric Tomic spoke. And like everybody was there. EYL was there. David Shands was there. Anybody who's anybody was at that event. And so you miss out on that when you don't go VIP. My most my most recent experience going VIP was I went to a concert yesterday and it's just a different kind of swag when you got VIP behind you. Like they they accommodate you when you ain't VIP. You're just asking like, oh, well, can you do this possible? Is this possible? Like, no, when you're VIP, it's expectation. When you fly first class, it's expectation because they want you to feel as though you are important or that you are first class. And so it's a little bit more money, but the experience far transcends the money that you're spending. An example is I, w- I rolled up, I got VIP parking. So I'm just driving past everybody else. I was late driving past everybody else. I got a great parking spot, no wait. I was close to the gate, walked up the gate and I had to get my ticket through wheel call because I bought it online. And so this wheel call line probably had 200 people in it. So I'm over here like, how the hell am I going to get through this line and still see Dom Kennedy at 2.30? And it was like 2.10. And so I walk up to the lady at the front. I was like, is this the VIP line? Because there was two lines coming out of the general line. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, that's the VIP line. And so I went back to that line and I was looking and I was like, this can't be the VIP line. And so I walked back up to it. I was like, are you sure that's the VIP line or is that the VIP line? 
She's like, oh, that's the VIP line. I was like, Phew, started cutting through folks. Went right up. It was five people in front of me. So at this time, I make it through there. And then I'm riding. I'm going to the front. And then there's a security check. Like the metal detectors, take your stuff out like you're going to a stadium. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop. Presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 inside money in one year while working the job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. They had the general lines over there and they had a VIP fast track, straight through VIP fast track. Then there's um, like an actual gate. They had a specific VIP gate. I'm like, cool. And then you go down and there's VIP seating. VIP seating is right in front of the stage. Everybody else, they're like levels back. You couldn't even really see the show if you're a general. You couldn't even see the show if you didn't upgrade to VIP. And so then there's a VIP lounge. There's multiple stages. Every stage has their own VIP area. So if you saw the videos that I posted, I'm literally right there. The artist is right there and I'm right there for the artists that I wanted to see. If it was somebody like Wiz Khalifa, I wasn't really tripping off of that. But the experience is just way different. And especially when you... They always say time is more important than money, but people trade their time for money all the time. People are going to trade their, their time by standing in that long ass line, by being inconvenienced, by having to park in all this crazy area and walk off far when they could just give them the money and then do that. And so I was just blown away because I've been starting to do it and just upgrade to VIP every time I go places. But every time I do it, I'm just blown away by the experience. It's 10 times better. It's 10 times more efficient. And it's 10 times more, more pleasurable. You get to enjoy yourself as opposed to just kind of like, like struggling. And so another example is like, even with the VIP lounge, like you have your own bar, which I didn't drink. I had like a, a virgin cocktail, your own bar. They had cleaner bathrooms, like efficient mm-hmm. bathrooms. They're not all dirty and grimy. Nobody would be in all that stuff. Clean bathrooms that are designated just for VIP. And then you're not just out there amongst the other people just like living your life. And I didn't want to be all that. I want to, I feel like I need to be around exclusivity and that's what I'm going to pay for. And that's what you get. That's what you get. And we pay VIP like for a conference or something, get that extra day. It's not like if it's a one, if it's a two, it's not, if there's a one day conference, you get to get that extra day to just chill, relax with the speakers and get known by them you get to speak to them they get to know who you are because you actually have a real conversation make a connection and then when the, the general day of the conference you still could connect with the people the right the quote-unquote regular folks right you can, that, that's another dope part too is you get to do both right so just because you're in vip doesn't mean you can't go out to the general admission area and that's another thing i like about going vip is you get full access full access nothing is cut off to you and like, if you're in the airport, you can still go get the airport food, but you also can go and get your free drinks. You get your free food, you get better views, you get more comfortable seats, you get more exclusivity. You don't just got random people just walking past looking all crazy, you know, when you're in the airport. So like, there is a benefit of kind of having access to both all access, full access. Right. Yes. That's what that meant. And this is what you were saying, right? Oh, I can't even millionaire barber, right? You said million dollar barber. Yeah. Millionaire barber. Yeah, his, his story is dope. He was telling me his story. Oh, another thing I was going to say is while I was in line, I also was right there next to uh, Black Millionaires. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but that was kind of cool. It was like the, just I, I feel like the difference between VIP and first class is producers and consumers. If you're somebody who's in VIP or somebody who's in first class, it's probably because you are producing something or creating something. And creators need to be around creators. Producers got to be around producers. Producers can't get around consumers because the conversation is different. Imagine going into the, the non to the whatever, and you're trying to have a conversation. Now I got to convince you. I want to convince you that this is right because they've been sold mm. that jobs are just the way to go. I want to have that conversation because if I'm convincing you, I'm not making progress. But if I'm with somebody else who's a producer and who's creating things, we're going to be making progress. Now we're taking steps forward as opposed to just like jogging in place. You go talk to somebody who doesn't get it, you should be jogging in place. <laughs> hoping they understand it. Hoping they understand it. You ain't going nowhere. Ooh, man. You got it too. You said golf friends over job friends. Man. So um, I've been 
playing golf a lot more. And um, when I go out there, when I used to play golf, I used to be real kind of hesitant about who I played because I was like, I don't want to shoot bad shots. They're going to see me making bad shots. And then I think one day I was out there riding and um, somebody just rode up on me and said, can I play with you? And it was a black dude um, who kind of introduced me to like another group of black dudes who golf in the area. And we're in a group chat. It's supposed to play tomorrow at 930. And I was like, this is dope. Like, because they hit bad shots, too. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we out here, you know, some shots are great. Some shots aren't that good. And you start to realize, like, hey, I'm actually OK at this sport. I'm actually very good at this sport. but. What was cool is as I've kind of gotten used to playing with other people, now I play with even more people. So I was out last Sunday and I played with a guy and he was like, hey, you ever been to Philly's Best? And I was like, no, nah, I've never been to Philly's Best. He's like, yeah, I own that. He's like, my wife and I mm-hmm. own a franchise. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Um, and I didn't really kind of go in and talk to him about business too much. But like, that's kind of what we we're talking about is just like the restaurant and all that stuff. But it was just cool to have access to somebody who does that, right? Instead of having access to somebody who like, I'm thinking about starting a franchise. I'm thinking about buying a franchise. I'm thinking about boom, boom, boom. Because then it becomes more real. When you see somebody who's human, just like you, who isn't the most articulate, isn't the most swaggiest, like who is doing what you want to do, it makes it more attainable for you. And so another thing is I was playing golf with the old retired man. He exposed me to the idea of men's groups. And there's like men's groups that play. And he's like, you got to get involved so you can play more often with other people. And he was just telling me how cool his life is when he was retired. But I think what I took from that conversation is I know a lot of like black folks who are retired and they don't do nothing. They just be sitting on a couch. And he gave me a, a good idea of what retirement could look like. He was like, he scuba dives. He plays golf. He, um, he has a boat. He goes sailing. I don't know anybody who has a boat and goes sailing. And so I was like, man, I, I like the idea of a sailboat, but I don't, it's just like, how do you sail if the wind is just going one way? He's like, oh, you got to adjust the sails and boom, boom, boom. And I was like, that's cool. Having a conversation. Cause if I told somebody I want a sailboat, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. It would look at me like I'm crazy, Raphael, but I need to be around people who having a sailboat is just what we do. I got to be around people who just like scuba diving is what we do because I don't want to have those limits on myself. And so just being exposed to that conversation was dope. I mean, the fact that he was out on the golf course probably indicates that he's about something. And so the other time I played was with a dude named Eduardo and another guy. But what was cool is um, Eduardo plays that course a lot. He's very good. And so I learned a lot from his skill and how often he plays. That's another reason why I'm kind of like even thinking about joining a golf league and playing in some tournaments. He exposed me to that concept. But I was riding around like a few days later. I'm just like riding, uh, playing with another group. And uh, somebody yells my name. I'm like, Charles. And I look, I was like, I didn't really recognize who it was. And he took off his hoodie and it was him. And I was like, it's cool that I'm here. And now I'm meeting golf friends. So I have people who just like, that's what they do. And it's not like I'm some guy who shows up. I don't know anybody and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like I have friends on the golf course now. So I thought that was super cool. That time that I was playing with the group, we were at the 10th hole in a little turn. You know, you get the break between nine holes. And we're just chilling. And the guy says, like, what do you do? And I told him, like, oh, I invest in real estate. I invest in the stock market. He's like, I do the same thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, I have like 10 homes out here. I have a home in Inglewood. I have a home and boom, 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 boom. And I, he's like, and I try to do one flip a year. I was like, oh, I'm working on a flip right now. And so he's like, yeah, we got to connect. And I was like, that's great because I want to do some business locally. So I need to find people who are doing business locally that I can kind of either work with, whatever that looks like. And so I thought it was cool that I'm meeting people who are quality people. I'm meeting people who operate at a high level, not people who are aspiring to own homes in California. I know a lot of people who want to home in California, own a home in California. I know a bunch of people who want to have rental properties in California. And when you're about around a bunch of people who want things, sometimes just talking about what you want isn't good enough. Sometimes people get their high off of just talking about their goals instead of actually going out and accomplishing their goals. And it takes the same amount of effort. And so for me, I was just blown away at how my network has increased. I'm more motivated to continue to do it because, I mean, again, you might think like you're playing a sport, you're playing golf, and maybe that doesn't seem like it's you'd be meeting really good people depending on what course you're playing at. But I've met some dope people while playing golf, and I'm looking forward to doing more of it. Yeah, man. And there's a lot in there because what when you were talking about <laughs> you see a lot of black men retire and just sit down. That's the problem with that come from 
the American idea of retirement and we, what we've all been sold. That's what we told, like, you know, you work till you're 65, you retire, and now you can relax. That's all we think of as retirement. That's our definition, supposedly. I mean, really, it's just not working for them anymore. Right. Like you said, and it's like you said, and even I think Kiyosaki said too, first, first you retire, then you get rich. And retirement doesn't have to mean sitting down. It doesn't even make sense because it's like you're waiting to die almost. You just get a, a pile of money and then sit down. Then what? doesn't really make sense. I think the scary part about it also is like, it kind of makes me wonder, not even makes me wonder, because I've said this for a long time, but it's like we do it to ourselves. We hold ourselves back. We make ourselves broken poor. Because the best time, especially if you're like my dad who retired early, my dad retired at like, he's 59 now. I think he retired at like 50. You retire at 50. Why aren't you starting something? Why aren't you building something on top of your passion? Why not? You have the capital. You have the time. Why not? It's just because you've chosen to not do it. It's a conscious decision. If you have the ability to do something, you don't do it. You made a choice not to do it. Mm. Whoa, it's heavy, Charles. I choose to be broken poor. They won't say it. But that's what you did. Thanks, the library bro. is free. I'd have heard him. Now, you, <laughs> you had a tweet. I don't know. I'm sure if this one's a new one or old one. He talked about this might be an old one. I used to work really hard for money. Now I earn just as much while golfing all day. How you think you got there, man? Like share with the people how you got there. By grinding, by not taking days off, by not taking weekends off, by not taking evenings off. I was grinding, man. And the house that I'm living in right now came from me grinding. Not necessarily just the grind, but the exposure that was happening while I was grinding. I'm out there driving, doing Uber Eats, and I came across this amazing neighborhood that's really close to where we live, where we lived. And I was like, this is dope because I knew I wanted to buy something, but I knew like my wife didn't want to buy something that was too far south because she still wants to have like a straight shot to her parents' house. Um, an easy path to her parents' house. And I was kind of like frustrated because it's expensive up here. Like where I live is a place called Ontario Ranch. You go north, it's an area called Ontario. You go north of that is an area called uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga is very expensive, but you can still access Rancho Cucamonga by living in Ontario. So Ontario is expensive as well. It might not be as expensive, but it is expensive. And so to put it in perspective, I would say like Rancho homes are around 900 to a million. And then Ontario home is around like seven to eight. If you want something nice, if you want to live in the slums, you could probably get it for like four, but you're going to be having to lock your door and put gates in your windows. And that's not the way we want to live. And so that was my dilemma is finding a way to live how we want to live and still this area. And I was very frustrated. And so I was out driving one night and I came across this area and I was like, this is fire. I took pictures of the area. I sent them to her and then I put them on my vision board. But I really was able to get there through a lot of things that I've been preaching for a lot of times is you got to create something. You got to take it to market. You got to scale. Ecom is a life hack. Ecom is a life hack. Why is it a life hack? Because it allows you to sell your product in every state, every country. If you open up a, a, a taco stand, you can sell hot dogs where that taco stand is. If you open up a store, teach people how to make a taco stand, you can sell taco stand store courses or products throughout the entire country. You can sell your bags across the entire country. And so it opens up everything. Ecom is, I think, what took me to the next level. Um, but leveraging social media is an, another thing that I did that took me to the next level because now you can be in everybody's household as well. So your presence, your brand can be known. Let's say you got to be known by 10,000 people in order to make real money, right? You can reach 10,000 people throughout the country very easy. There's multiple, multiple millions of people in this entire United States. But if you can reach five people per city or whatever that looks like, now you have a brand. Or you can go to your local area and be out there competing with local people. Like, I don't want to compete with local people. I'll compete and just get my little piece here and there and group it all together. And now you have success. And so I think that people can't avoid the grind. They can't avoid the grind. They can't avoid developing themselves. One of the things that I think gives me an advantage over a lot of people is I have a lot of degrees in education. And that might sound really crazy, but it helps. I was telling the kids when I was teaching that class, I was like, I have a law degree and I might not practice law, but I think it made me better. I think it made me sharper. I think it made me more intelligent. It made me a better communicator. It made me a harder worker. Honestly, law school is where I learned to work seven days a week because in law school, you don't take no days off. Law school gave me the work ethic that allowed me to do things post-law school. In law school, you're working 12-hour days, seven days a week. You don't get holidays. You don't get breaks. You don't get vacations. I never forget it was the 4th of July and all my family's out doing 4th of July stuff. I'm sitting there studying all day. Mm. I remember I never like could even breathe 
until Christmas vacation, Christmas break, where you get like two weeks off, a very quick two weeks and you're back at it. But that two weeks isn't even a real two weeks because you get really one week off. And then the next week you're back studying and reading for the upcoming semester or just knowing that in order to even walk into class, you have to have really overprepared to even participate in class. Because if you haven't overprepared, if you haven't read those cases more than once, if you haven't briefed them, if you haven't outlined the actual law, you're going to be looking like a retard because they're going to call you out on it. They're going to ask you questions. You're going to be like, uh, uh. And so I would say that everything that I've done has kind of helped me get to that point. Um, and so there's no one silver bullet that I would say. I think podcasting has helped me take off my brand tremendously because I get to talk to a lot of very successful people every single day. That's helped a lot. Um but like, if you just look at the path and follow the path, and I've seen people who are following the path, that really is the secret. The secret is all those things. <laughs> it's not one thing. Hey, oh, and speaking of um, secrets, wealth hacks. You got the new course dropping this week, right? Um, wealth hacks coming out this Friday, and I'm putting all the game in there. We're breaking it down. We have a workbook. We have several modules. It's going to be the best course in the market right now. It's going to be the best course in the market right now. I guarantee it in my Denzel Washington voice. So check out, <laughs> check that out. We're going to be talking about um, utilizing leverage, becoming your own bank. We're going to be talking about um, different forms of arbitrage. We're going to be talking about all kinds of really cool things that are going to help you um, think better, think different. And I think that it's going to be a very successful product. Nice, nice, nice. We will drop. Um we will drop the link below to link to that. Anyway, so that's sweet. Did you, have you ever heard of, um? there's a black owned golf apparel company called Eastside Golf. You ever heard of them? I have. I've been wanting to buy their stuff, but it's expensive, but I, I like it though. Their shoes sold they out really shoes? quick. They, yeah, they, made some, they made some Jordan 4s. They had a collab with Jordan and they made some oh. Jordan 4 golf sneakers, which I would really like to own. But the resale on those is like a thousand dollars. I'm not paying a thousand dollars for no sneakers that aren't that don't say Louis Vuitton on them. I don't. I pay designer price. I pay designer sneaker price for designer sneakers. So if I'm gonna pay five hundred dollars for some shoes, you are gonna know I paid five hundred dollars for some five hundred dollars shoes. But I'm not gonna pay five hundred dollars shoes and this dude got them for two hundred. But it's still two hundred dollars shoes. You don't know when he bought those. That's not a flex. <laughs> Yeah, I saw them. I I thought it was a little pricey, but I think it's golf. It's golf apparel, so maybe it's within mm. range. Within oh range. no! It's a oh range. no! No, uh, but I have seen some cool stuff that I've wanted to check out. They have a cool like logo, kind of like crew neck. They have some cool polos. They have some cool um, like hats. Um, maybe okay. if they have a, if, they, if they sell a golf towel, I'll get the golf towel. <laughs> I see them have like. The the guy on the shirt with the the gold chain on and stuff yeah. taking the swing, I'm like they got some cool stuff, man. Definitely got one, some cool stuff. One cool thing though about being a part of a black golf group is we can appreciate things like that. So that's another thing that it's like if I go get this stuff and like nobody even knows what I have on, it's kind of like lame. But like when I first went out and I played with that with the black dude, he had on some Jordan uh, some Jordan like golf shoes, and I was like that's cool. Like people actually buy these, and so I was like all right, and so then I order mine. And he ordered another pair of his. He got like the Jordan four um, golf shoes. And so then we showed up the next time to play. He's like, oh, I see you got the taxis. I was like, yeah, man. And so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now you touched on this earlier when you were saying um, you can't just talk about your ideas. And you had a tweet. You said action attracts everything. I was on the on the. uh, And this is so this is why when I tell people to do things, they always think that like the doing is the magic like sauce. And so we're on the morning kind of meetup morning call for the mastermind check out the mastermind y'all don't sleep on the mastermind we're on the morning call and um like henry was saying that like all these things were happening for him and he was saying like all the great things like as he's taking actions opportunities are finding him and i was like that's the secret the secret is you don't really wait for opportunities you take action to opportunities find you so you don't wait for somebody to put you on their podcast you create your own podcast you don't wait for somebody else to post you on their page, post yourself on your page. You don't wait for somebody else to create merch that has your name on it, create your own merch, put your own name on it. Mm. And a lot of people think like, oh, that's the solution. No, that's not the solution. The solution is going to find you. And so, like I said, when I was reading that 
that book about the or that article about the Indians who ended up getting into hotels, they didn't set out to be in hotels. They just set out to be self-employed and work for themselves. And they landed in hotels. And that's if people were honest, they'd tell you, like, I don't think that Amazon decided they're going to be what they are now. They decided they're going to do something and they found where they needed to be. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to Gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And that's super important because that's how businesses evolve. That's how you really make it to the big leagues. iPhones, Apple didn't set out to make phones, and that's their best seller. That's what's made them who they are. They set out to make computers. They just wanted to be the next Microsoft, and now they dominate the market because of their phones, and then they landed into AirPods. And so this is why the doing is the key. The action is the doing. I don't win because I'm perfect. I don't win because I got all the answers. I win because I'm willing to take action. I win because I'm willing to make that post. I win because I'm willing to tweet that talk, that thought. I win because I'm willing to put something on a shirt. I win because I'm willing to get on a podcast and start talking. I win because I take action. I take action. You don't need a plan. You need action. You need to take some action. The plan will find you. You don't need Resources, you need to take action with whatever you got. And so like action is the key, whatever you got. If, and this is why, like, even I was thinking of like, man, we need a Patreon. We need to figure out all these different ways to monetize this podcast. We got to take the action. We can't be waiting for the perfect solution to reveal itself. We can't be waiting for the perfect opportunity to reveal itself. The, re- the, the opportunity before us is to do something. That's the opportunity. The reason why this podcast is successful, because whether the audio is good or the audio is bad, we're going to record something and put it out there. You're going to find somebody's going to listen to the to a podcast and they're going to be like, man, that was so great. You're like, well, the audio wasn't the best there. And I was in the parking structure and you could hear uh, noise in the background. They don't care because most people are afraid to take action. So they're going to admire the fact that you're willing to take action. Most people are afraid to get on that stage. So you could be stumbling over your words, fumbling over your words, but they're still scared to even go up there and mess up. You're willing to get up front of there and mess up. And that's even with the speaker tour. Like they can say what they want, but I got it there and I did it. And I'm more confident as a speaker now for that. And so one of the other things that's important in terms of action is like two years from now, you won't even remember all that stuff, but you'll be much better for it. I don't remember the necktie company and all the details that went into that, but I'm much better better because I launched an e-com brand years ago and now I'm still in e-com, but I'm better at e-com. I do the same exact thing. It's just with a different product. All I stopped doing was selling neckties and now I sell other things. And I've also realized I don't want to be physical products. I don't want to have to ship you anything. I don't want to have to buy something and then resell it. And so like, that's the key is to take action, do something, put it out there. And too many of us are afraid to do that. Too many of us are afraid to, to do something that's never been done. And unfortunately, the fact that a lot of things haven't been done keeps us from doing things that we could and should do. Right. Because it's funny, I've maybe been to the conferences and stuff as like, I talk to these people these people are doing big things and millionaires and making a bunch of money. They got multiple businesses. Tell them, oh, you got a podcast with over 100 episodes. They're like, wow. Really? They didn't even ask, like, you know, making money with it. They just, it's just like, man, y'all doing it. Doers respect doers. They don't want to hear about your podcast idea. They do not care about your podcast idea, your podcast thought. This is going to be the next big thing. What have you done? Right. And you had a, um, at a tweet, I really like this one. You said, when you are procrastinating, remember this, the person you want to be would do it. Uh, really, there's not too much deep thought in that. That was a hype fury tweet. So <laughs> I, I can't even really comment on that one too deep because I didn't really put too much thought into that. I like that one, though. I'm keeping that one. The person you want to be would do it. You got to hold on to that, man. Maybe you, maybe you wouldn't do it, but the person you want to be would do it. You got to remember that. Take that action. Yep. Take that action. Now, you said when you have money, I think this was the old one. When you have money, you don't argue with the people in the comments. You just agree and keep pushing. That was an old one, but I mean it from my heart. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately is just agreeing with folks. Somebody commented on my on one of my page, um, one of my, my reels was doing crazy numbers, crazy, crazy numbers on TikTok. It wasn't even reels, it was TikTok. And it's very rare for a TikTok to do crazy numbers. Like this has done like 30,000 spins, like a thousand likes type stuff. And it's gotten me over 2000 likes. 
And I think the context there is important because one of the comments I saw was like, man, I love the message. I just hate that tacky Gucci shirt. And my response is like laughing face emoji. I didn't like say anything back. I was like, bro, I'm going viral on TikTok. And you over here just in the comments <laughs> talking. I just cracked uh, 2000 followers on TikTok and you over here talking. I'm over here gaining a follower on TikTok. So what I take from that is like, you just have to like, you got to keep your peace and you got to stay on point because I had a situation and nobody even knew about it. By the situation, maybe you saw, maybe you didn't. It was about two weeks ago and there's a dude on Instagram and he was posting like, oh, Charles is a bad person. He's this, he needs, to, uh, he needs to let me come on this platform so we can discuss it. He won't let me come on this platform and discuss it. You know what I did? I went Ellie talks money on his ass. I didn't even acknowledge him. I didn't respond to him. I didn't mention him. I didn't do anything. I literally ignored it. And you know what happened? It was like it never existed. It never existed because a lot of times people don't dislike you. They don't like they don't have access to you. They actually admire you. They actually think you're pretty damn dope. They're just like, man, he's dope, but I'd rather be his enemy if I can't be his friend. So I still want some attention. I still want to come on his platform. I still want the exposure is going to come with coming on his platform. So let me talk shit to him and piss him off so he can respond to me. And then I get clout. That's what Tony the Closer did to Jay Morrison. And Tony the Closer grew a brand off of doing that. Tony the Closer's brand, I think, is doubled by coming after Jay Morrison. Whether it was valid or invalid, I don't know. But I think it was all for clout because he just seems like that kind of person and is not uncommon. 50 Cent does it all the time. He actually talks about it in his book. He's like, I'd rather be enemies than friends. So it's like, if Oprah doesn't like me, we're going to be enemies. But guess what's going to happen? I'm going to still be mentioning Oprah. Oprah's going to eventually mention me. Even if she hates me, I'm going to still be getting talked about. Kanye does it all the time. Even if you hate Kanye, you're still talking about him. Donald Trump, even if you hate Donald Trump, you're still talking about him. And so like for me, I'm at a point where I see stuff in the comments all the time. Um, somebody said, oh, why are you posting older screenshots? I was like, because it's still relevant. The stock market still exists. These are still good plays. Like who, who determines how old a screenshot can be if I can post it or not. <laughs> and so I just like, I disagreed with them. I've seen some stuff and people were like, Oh, options are risky. Yeah, they are risky. Yeah. But make sure you do it intelligently. I'm not here to argue with anybody because you don't win awards for winning comment battles. You don't get any prizes for winning the debate in the comments. You get prizes for continuing to produce and create at a high level. And that's what I got to be focused on. So I don't even get in the weeds with folks anymore. I can't, I can't afford to get in the weeds and be going back and forth with one person when I need to be talking to millions. I got to be continuing to broadcast my message to millions and billions of people. And if I start doing the one-to-one stuff, I start doing the job stuff. Jobs don't suck because they're just jobs. They suck because they're not scalable. And if I start having a one-on-one conversation, I'm going to lose money. I'm losing money every second. I'm just talking to one person. Right, right, right. I like... I posted a YouTube short on the Todd Cap channel and about owning versus renting and what the mortgage, how you grow, whatever. And some guy left a comment saying like, <laughs> said, oh, cool, but you made a, you made a, you made a, a video put on the internet, like a big boy. And then some other person came along and like laughed at the comment and liked his comment. And I just, I was thinking about saying something to him, but then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to say anything. I'm not going to delete it. I mean, that just counts as engagement. YouTube yeah, sees it exactly. as engagement. YouTube doesn't know if it was positive or negative. It doesn't care. All it knows is we got two comments on the video. Yep. And that's why I, I respond a lot of times like pleasantly because I do need that, that engagement. So I'm like, all right, let me respond. But one of the things that we have to understand also is that people in your comments talking crazy are general admission. And we VIP. So <laughs> we got to operate at VIP level, man. We can't be over here hobschnobbing with the general admission. This is exclusive over here. This is exclusive. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. Keep that engagement. Don't delete the, the nasty comments, folks. Just thumbs up and say, yeah, you got it. Like, thanks, for the, thanks for the engagement. Keep it moving. That's why Grant Cardone always says, if you like what I say, you get, leave a comment. If you don't like me or you don't like what I say, leave a comment too. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like seeing something there, you know, knowing people are live and they watching. Right, right. Exclusive. Man, hit me. I lost my thought there real quick. Yeah, man. Ignore them. And somebody had a tweet where they said, you need to have irrational optimism for yourself. Some guy, Jake Youngblood. I thought that was cool. You can't let people shake you with their nasty words. 
Because they're really just fans in disguise. Yeah, they are just fans in disguise. They're fans in disguise, and a lot of times they're like ex-fans. So it's like somebody who was rocking with you, like the dude who was coming for me, like one of the things he said, I didn't even know who he was from nobody. He was like, oh, yeah, you got your podcast. You just treat people all, all bad when they want to work with you. I was like, so you wanted to work with me, and it didn't work out. So that's why you're mad. Maybe your energy wasn't right. Maybe your approach wasn't right. Maybe you didn't have enough patience because a lot of folks, they don't got no patience. They hit you up. They'd be like, hey, let's work together. And you don't respond. They're like, oh, what well, F you then? It's like you learn how people you learn how people really feel about you when they get pissed off. That's when it really <laughs> comes out. When they're everything is happy, we cool. Sometimes you got to piss folks off so they can see you can see how they really feel about you. Yeah, they expose themselves. It's funny. Somebody left a comment on the YouTube shorts. Um, the one about how your dividends stocks pay. Um, pay you so much is like an allowance and they ask like how many shares did you mm-hmm. did you have to buy to to, to get that like five thousand every quarter i was starting thinking well you're kind of missing the point but well even to that somebody did mention that he's like oh well you had to put up a lot of money to to get that much money back and i was like well i could have bought a ferrari i could have went out there and bought a watch i bought some stock so and the funny thing is one thing that people miss when they, they try to make fun of the whole dividend thing is that you still own the stock. Right. And as long as you hold it, generally speaking, it's probably, if it's a solid company, it's going to go up in value. And you still hold it. It doesn't depreciate. unless they go out of business. And if you, why would you buy some piece of crap company anyway? You're not. Right. Worst case scenario, it just keeps up with inflation. And there you go. And there we go. And they're right there. For episode 125, Tweet Talk the Black Wealth Podcast and be sure to follow us on all the socials, people. You can follow us on Twitter at Tweet Talk Pod, that's P O D. Follow my man Charles on Twitter at Rail Todd Billion. Follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Also, the parent company at Todd.Capital. You can also follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion. Follow us, subscribe to the podcast, man. Subscribe and share it with five people. Bless somebody else. The gems. For episode 125 of Tweet Talk the Batwell podcast with your hosts, Rafael and Charles, we are out. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.